we go to the waiter. Holy shit, you're waiting on Jerry Seinfeld. He starts to laugh and he goes, you know what Jerry Seinfeld just said? He said, holy shit, there's Phil Sims. I can't believe it. <laughs> so, Great story from last week's joint picks collaboration podcast. Chris Sims unbuttoned PFT PM. I still can't believe we've known each other all this time and I didn't hear that story until last week. Oh, it makes me wonder I know. what great stories you've been carrying I, around. I got a lot of them. I do. It is definitely one of the privileges of growing up with Phil Sims, and that sometimes I even forget. You know, I've told you about me calling Danny DeVito short. Um, let's see. What's another cool one you might like? Damn, I hung out with Tom Cruise once for about 30 minutes. In wow. The, in a little private wow. room in the, in the lobby of, of, short. The, of the Giant Stadium. You know, my, waiting for my dad to come out. Uh, one of my dad's brothers, my uncle, he was there. Dominic, who uh, RIP is, is gone now. But, yeah, so, you know, Cruz, a guy from New Jersey, is a Giants fan. He was at the game. He was kind of waiting for my dad and a few other guys, and there was just, like, a few people there, and I was probably, you know, eight, nine years old, but I was like, holy crap, there's that famous guy I see in all these damn movies, right? And uh, just, yeah, I've had a, a very charmed life that way. Some great experiences, got to meet some, some great people. <laughs> Were you taller than Tom Cruise when you were eight or nine <laughs> years old? You're funny. No, but I think I was probably taller than Dana DeVito at eight or nine years old. That that I think I had. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were taller than Dana DeVito when you were four when you were on the Regis show. <laughs> Maybe. They were so concerned about you dropping an F-bomb, they didn't think about you insulting one of the great comedic actors of all time. <laughs> Seriously. Danny DeVito, who is aware that he's short. Tom Cruise might not be aware that he's short. Danny DeVito is aware that he is quite short. It's been part of what's made him so great all right let's get to it another interesting week in the books we are still tied in the straight up competition we went nine and six each last week we were doing great oh that's good it is that's really good. good have a holly jolly christmas indeed you're herbie the elf and i'm the snowman that's what that's rudolph right there that's rudolph right yeah rudolph and what was his yeah. name the guy that narrates it that you are there what you know the old guy kind of looks Burl like lives oh good job way Burl to go lives. way to go to pull that out yes yeah, special have voice. a holly jolly christmas right right yep so and it's amazing it's amazing to think that i don't know how long Burl lives has been dead someone in the control room can google it but every year, yes, at this time of year, you hear that song, yeah, you hear that voice, and it will continue. I don't know, forever, for as long as there's Christmas in December. Right. A holly jolly Christmas is going to come back, and you're going to hear that very distinctive, unique voice forever. I anyway. listen. Those are Pearl staples. Eyes. I mean, those so- th- like that that uh, little you know claymation cartoon. Frosty the Snowman, where I believe he's in as well. I mean, uh, those to me, like, I don't feel fulfilled in the Christmas season unless I get my eyes on that at least one time, right? I, I honestly, those are like, need to see that one time, need to see Christmas van- Vacation with Clark W. Griswold one time, and I got to listen to a lot of Nat King Cole and Bing Crosby Christmas songs. That, that's really the go-tos for me. Burl Ives, born 1909, died 1995. Wow. Two months short of his 86th birthday, Burl Ives. So um, for me, it was always the Grinch that stole Christmas. And kids, 
when I was growing up, and it was probably true for part of Chris's childhood, you had to watch it when it was on. Yes, right. You didn't get to sit there with you know your magic pad and just watch it whenever you want. Right. Here's YouTube. You had to Let be me watch there it. Yeah. At the right time. Right. Eight o'clock on a Friday, right. usually, and yeah. I think it was on CBS. Yes. Go ahead and play that music. I don't care. Damn, I'm with How you. How the Grinch Stole Christmas in three acts with commercials in between, and they had that great cliffhanger, the great cliffhanger where the sled comes over and and, and the, the dog looks down, and I knew that was time to go to a commercial, and you had one chance to see it. Then VCRs came along. Then YouTube came along, and now you can watch it anywhere, anytime, anyhow, I assume. I haven't watched it yet this year. It's not special anymore because part of it was there was that one night. Yeah. You had that one night right. to watch The Grinch. Right. I, and I, like, I, I grew up in that era, too, where it's like, yeah, and Wendy or somebody would have to call the house and be like, hey, tell Christopher, you know, Frosty the Snowman's on CBS tonight at 8 o'clock. Right, I mean that—that's how it worked. Now she's still doing that, reading the newspaper and like TV Guide to tell you that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all there was. She will, she'll text us all stuff like that still, and we're just like amazed that she's still living that way. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, Demolitis is Greek for he's the fucking Grinch now because he's telling us we can't. Yep, talk about I believe that's the correct translation to the yes. show. Right. Every week this season, you can play along with us. DraftKings has set up the free $1,000 Florio and Sims pick and pull. Pick every game against the spread for a chance at a $1,000 prize pool every single week. Download the DraftKings app, click on the pools tab, and enter free the $1,000 Florio and Sims pick and pull to make your picks or visit DraftKings.com slash pools. And just like us, you must enter all of your picks before kickoff of the Thursday night game so off we go with the thursday night game no more buys everyone plays 16 games that means we probably should have been wasting even less time off the top oh well overdrive here we go chargers raiders nobody cares other than it's football it's on tv and there aren't many thursday night games left the raiders are favored by three points the over under of 34 and a half easton stick i had to stop remember his name easton stick Taking on Aiden O'Connell, who do you like in this? Well, yeah, I mean, again, this this game's not thrilling, and we can probably make up some time here. This is not going to be in-depth analysis here. I'm going with the home team, yeah. They're at home. I feel like they're still fighting the Raiders a little bit because Antonio Pierce, and maybe he wants to be the head coach, of course, of the, of the Las Vegas Raiders going forward. It feels like the Chargers, like this is the week where it's just like you give up. I mean, the coach is going to get fired. We know that. Justin Herbert you know, out for the year. Uh, you know, so I, I look at it, and again, the Raiders have some injuries too. But I, I think ultimately, too, Easton Stick. It's his first start of the year on the road. It is against a pretty good defense with the Raiders. Uh, I don't like that aspect too. And I know we're going to get Aiden O'Connell. It sounds like uh, the Raiders got some injuries, but I'm going to take them at home, twenty to thirteen. I got 17-10. You know, Pierce really is making his play to try to earn this job. When the fourth quarter was beginning against the Vikings on Sunday, he gathered the team around, and he was as fiery as I've ever seen a head coach. Not that it worked. The Raiders still didn't score a single point. But I think the will there is stronger. They're at home. If he's going to keep the job, if he's going to have any chance to keep the job, he's got to win the game tonight. So 17-10, and we will watch it. It's on TV. It's Christmas time. Relax. Enjoy the game. There's only a couple Thursday night games left. They don't do one week 18, no, so 15, 16, 17, three, three left. I think the last one is Jets at the Browns. So uh, 
Yeah, three left. Okay, Saturday games. Three Saturday games. The uh, Sports Broadcasting Act of 1960 prevents the NFL from playing Saturday games before this weekend, but now they're all in with three of them. Vikings-Bengals, the first one, 1 o'clock Eastern on Saturday at Cincinnati. Three-point favorites are the Bengals with an over-under of 40.5. Jake Browning versus Nick Mullins. You want me to go first? Of course. You always go first, the Vikings. You know that. Well, I'm not very optimistic about the Vikings at this point, even though the table is set for them. And even though, despite scoring a mere three points last weekend, everything else went their way. Seahawks lost. Rams lost. Packers lost. Lions lost. Vikings have a realistic shot at winning the division somehow. And I guess they have a realistic shot at winning this game. I just don't see it. The Bengals are in a groove with Jake Browning. And this doesn't strike me as a Josh Dobbs situation where the chariot suddenly turns back into a pumpkin. Yeah. He knows that offense. He's been in that offense. He's running that offense. He's got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. He's got a great running game led by Joe Mixon. Jake Browning, I think, ends up being the difference because of the pieces around him. 24-17. Bengals win. Bengals cover. And I guess that puts it just a half point over the over-under. Yeah, I, I, um, I have a lot of the same feelings you do. Yeah, I don't think, you know, again, I don't expect Jake Browning to be starting quarterback or anything like that next year, but I do think, yeah, that the bubble's not going to burst here where it's like, oh, no, all of a sudden he falls off earth and it's going to be three and four interceptions. Now, this will be his toughest challenge as of yet as far as defense he is facing, but I feel like Cincinnati's in a little bit of a groove of what they do. Play action pass, screens on the outside to the receivers, screens on the outside to the running back. They're managing the Jake Browning situation just right, right? And again, a little bit like I talked about with the uh, Raiders-Chargers game, I think this game is very close. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to make it a best bet, but it's still Nick Mullins' first start of the year in Cincinnati. The crowd will be something of a factor there, and I'm going to just lean on the the culture of Cincinnati and the fact that, hey, they've been in two AFC championship games in a row here. They're not going to just wilt away just because Joe Burrow is not playing for them anymore. I think they're trying to prove a point that they're a complete team. I'm going to go with the Bengals, but slightly closer than you. I'm going to make a 21-20 Bengals win this one. Ooh, you're giving the Vikings the cover in that one. Very interesting to see how that plays out. All right, Uh, boy, I'm going to find myself rooting against the Vikings on Saturday because I'd rather be right and I'd rather pick up a game against the spread than have the Vikings win at this point because I know that however it ends, it's not going to end well for the Vikings. All right, will it end well for the Steelers or the Colts on Sunday? A couple of 7-6 and six teams that are clinging to spots 6-7 and seven in the AFC, so whoever loses is going to fall off that board and land in the in-the-hunt category. Steelers are one-and-a-half-point underdogs. T.J. Watt is back, cleared from the concussion protocol last night, over under of 42. I, do you want me to go again on this one? Since yeah, this sure. It's your second team, favorite team. Say. Go ahead. Yes, right. please. Yes. Well, well. Oh, oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life. Look, I. if the Steelers are ever going to win another game this year, it's going to be this week. Because can you imagine? can you imagine what it's felt like for the last week and a half to have Mike Tomlin up their ass every waking moment and maybe haunting them in their dreams? I can't imagine that Tomlin has done anything other than mentally beat the hell out of them to get them ready to go and stand tall and play hard and win a game that they're probably expected to lose. So with all that said, 
This, to me, is one of those games. It just is. I don't have my terrible towel close enough, but it's just one of those games. Even though one of those games usually happens at home, this is one of those games that's going to happen on the road. And when it's one of those games, I always go with the score 16-13. So Steelers 16, Colts 13, wave your towel, sing Renegade at home, play it on your phone, whatever the case may be. Steelers get the win and move to eight and six, and the Colts fall to seven and seven. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I I I hear where you're coming from there. I do, you know. And and the Colts, you know, I like a lot of the things they do there, but a little bit like the last game, I I do think the culture and what's been done in Pittsburgh is something of like, yeah, they got a a battled backness that that about them here that that I expect. I'm with you, you know, my brain. Kind of wants to go with the Colts, but I think this is a good matchup for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh hasn't played well. They have the extra time. Like you said, I think they're going to be motivated and ready to go here. The Colts have not been at their best as of late. Just skirted by against the Tennessee Titans. Was ugly last week and were kind of dominated by the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, the score might have even been worse than what it actually looked like with the pick six and all that. I'm going to take the Steelers to gut it out too. The Colts defense is like, it's bad enough to where I go. I think the Steelers will be able to move it enough in this game, you know, to just outscore them. I'm going to go 17, 14, ugly, good competitive football game on Saturday afternoon. I thought you would take the Colts. I know. We are in lockstep on that. The Steelers by three and an extra little incentive. We didn't talk about this on the show today. I want to mention this Ben Roethlisberger going in against Steelers coaching He said on his podcast at the end of the Patriots game. If we had one more timeout, we have another chance when you lose timeouts because of silly penalties, too many men on the field, not enough men on the field. You can't afford in the second half of games to burn silly timeouts and not have them late in the game. To me, that's bad. It's bad coaching. Maybe the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is done. Wow. 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 Tell us wow. how you really feel, Ben. Well, wow. Uh, wow. And like, you know, like, I mean, how many close games have they won? And how many of those close games did they win because of the management that the head coach did? So we're going to wipe away all those fucking three-point games over the last three and four (laughs) years, and the game was managed perfectly for Big Ben to throw it one yard and one yard and one yard and all that. And now we have one game where they messed up the timeout situation, had issues, and we're going to get on Mike Todd. It just sometimes seems a little personal from Big Ben. Exactly. It's yeah. either somebody didn't kiss his hat, his ass hard enough on the way out the door, or he feels like he's irrelevant and forgotten in Pittsburgh, or you know, after somebody gets injured, they're not clamoring to bring back Big Ben, even though he didn't want to come back anyway. This is his way to to kind of step into the spotlight a little bit and stir up some shit. Not that not that I'm averse to the concept of stirring up shit, but I think that's what he's trying to do. All right, Broncos Lions, the nightcap on Saturday, Denver. Four-point underdogs over under of 48. Both teams need this one. Broncos trying to get themselves into the playoffs in the AFC. The Lions trying to hold on for dear life in the NFC and in the NFC North. Chris, who do you like? Well, it's a great matchup. It really is. I mean, both teams are going to be, you know, all systems go, desperation mode. Uh, We know, I mean, Denver, forget getting in the playoffs now. They're going to look at it and go, we got a chance to, to win the AFC West. So there's motivation there. Detroit. Yeah, playoffs, okay, for the most part, they know that's sewn up. But now they're a little like, damn, we got to hang on to the NFC North here. You know, we got to make sure we position ourselves the right way, let alone they haven't been playing good football, right? You know, I look at it and I go, you know, I, I, I think 
the grittiness of the Broncos is what I seem to favor. Sean Payton, close football game, gritty one. Russell Wilson, a quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel a little bit more comfortable in that situation, right? I don't. Detroit's defense, as you know, and I've been saying for really the last month, it's scary to me right now. I do think there are defense that Denver can maybe have their way in both areas. Russell can pick them apart. They might be able to run the ball a little bit, uh, you know, make a few big plays in the pass game. And then you know I think the world of what Denver's doing on the defense right now. I just don't trust Detroit. I don't trust the offense and Jared Goff. It's not functioning the way it was. And the defense is semi falling apart a little bit. I'm going to go with the team that's hot, the coach I trust. Uh, I'm going to go with the Broncos 23-20 on the road. Wow, wow, wow. I have the proof right here. I can blow it up so we can see it. I don't, I don't want to – you can see it right there. We did not arrange this ahead of time. This is not O's the mentalist. See that right there? I do. Broncos? Yes. 23-20. I gave away my next score too, but who gives a shit? It's Falcons-Panthers. 23-20, Broncos. We spend way too much time together. This is becoming a concern. We're sharing a brain in good ways and bad. 23-20, and also there's that wrinkle here. There's that wrinkle here that Peyton didn't want to talk about yesterday. Dan Campbell was his guy. Yeah, sure. It's, right. you know, the, 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 the sensei and the, and the pupil, and I think the sensei probably held back a few things that uh, the pupil is going to find out about the hard way on Saturday night. So I agree with you exactly. 23. I, I just Broncos. can't believe right, we're talk right now. I just thought for sure you'd pick your favorite team in the world to win a game on Saturday. You didn't. Some fan you are. And then I didn't know if you'd go with the Steelers. I thought, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm shocked we're, we're the same here so far. All right, yeah, you, if you want to disagree, you can take the Panthers in this next game. No, I actually have almost Carolina. the same score as you do. I saw you have 20 to 10 right, Atlanta. Well. I have 21 to 10 Atlanta. That's what I went with. I mean, come on. Well, what, what you know, first off, Atlanta's defense is real and Carolina's offense is real shitty. So, uh, I don't expect them to do a whole <laughs> lot there, right? Uh, now we you know I think Carolina's what scares me and even though I'm picking an 11-point win, you know, there's just not a lot of wiggle room here. I do think Atlanta should be able to run the ball. Uh, but but their pass game can be so lackluster times that teams can kind of go more eggs in the basket of stopping the run game. You know, so and, and Desmond Ritter scares me, as always. But I'm going to go Falcons 21-10. Yeah, as you know, I've got 20-10 Falcons. It's the lowest over under the week at 34. And 89% of the spread money, according to DraftKings, is on the Falcons. I'm surprised the spread is only three, especially after the Falcons lost last week, a game they should have won. They're in the thick of things in the NFC South. The Panthers are just kind of the Panthers at this point. Not that tanking is helping them. It's helping the Bears for the Panthers to lose because the Bears hold their first overall pick. Or their I first think the pick quarterback is the reason overall. the spread is the way it is, right? You know, you can just look at last week and go, they they kind of dominated the Bucks and they lost because the quarterback kind of screwed it up. And I think that's what would probably scare Vegas on the line in that one a little. In the next game, the Chicago Bears take on the Cleveland Browns. At home, the Browns are three-point favorites, 38-and-a-half over under. Again, I'm surprised the Browns are only three-point favorites, but it's a testament to how well the Bears have been playing lately. Chris, who do you like in this one? Well, you know I like the Bears a lot, right? I mean, you've been, I've, I've picked them, what, three, four weeks in a row here? The Bears got it going. 
They will hang around there. They're not. They will meet the physical prowess of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, so I, I look at that, and then of course, with Cleveland as aggressive as they are on defense, it allows their defense to make plays and turnovers, which of course help them win football games. But you know, it'll also they're so aggressive they'll leave DJ Moore on an island a number of times in the same drive and just go. We think our corners are good. We'll see if you can make a play here, right? So that's where it's dicey. But but ultimately, the Browns being at home, I think their defense is too good for Chicago right now on the offensive side of the ball. And I think they have the type of guys on the edge to contain Justin Fields. He won't be able to make some of the magical plays we see him make on a week-to-week basis, right? And, and you know, again, the balance of the Browns. They haven't run the ball as much as well as I would like, uh, but they stick with it and Flacco throwing the ball well. I'm going to go 24-23 Browns. So you've got the Bears covering because you can't fully abandon them. I've got 23-17 Browns. Browns win, Browns cover. Flacco getting better and better each week, getting more familiar with the offense he brings to the table. That advanced knowledge yeah. that quarterback in his late 30s has right. years of playing. That's the one most underrated factor in all this. That's why he saw the guy who was wide open on that fourth and three play. He read the blitz. He went to his hot read, and he knew instinctively to throw the ball to that guy. He'll get better and better. The Browns get better and better. The Browns closing in on the playoffs. The Bears, it's been fun, but this is too tough of an ask for them with that defense and with Flacco. Give me the Browns. No, hey, and to that, Buccaneers, to that point, uh, Mike, to that point, the last two teams that played Cleveland, the Rams and the, and the, uh, the Jaguars, it's like they thought they were playing a rookie quarterback in Cleveland. They, they went all in, so all in on stopping the run. They gave the Browns and Joe Flacco some looks where he's like, well, I'm not like a young like idiot here. I know what I'm doing. He's open. I throw to him. I know this coverage. And he's been disrespected. It'd be interesting to see what the Bears do and if they change it up a little bit uh, from, from their approach as normal. And it might open up opportunities in the running game yeah, if they exactly. adjust to the fact that Flacco's right. getting it done. Right. All right, the game that Chris Berman used to call the Bay of Pigs because back in the 80s uh, and, and into the early 90s, but it turned for the Packers. Both teams were terrible. It turned for the Buccaneers, too, by the mid-90s. But Buccaneers at the Packers, former rivals in the NFC Central. The Packers are favored by three and a half, over under a 42. Baker Mayfield back to Lambeau Field. He had a memorable game there on Christmas Day a couple of years ago with the Browns. Memorable, had a couple of mistakes in that game. But Buccaneers got the win last weekend. Packers got the loss. Packers a little desperate. Do the Packers reverse things this weekend, Chris? Yeah, it, it, they, they got to fix some things. I mean, they got to be disappointed that they lost to the Giants. They really blew some opportunities in that game. Jordan Love looked like the Jordan Love we saw early in the year. Right. And, and I don't even, it actually wasn't as bad as that. He just missed throws. He's got to step into the ball and throw and stop this fadeaway sidearm throw when guys are wide open. It ain't going to get it done in a windy, cold day like we saw at you know, MetLife Stadium on Monday night. Right. Then, Dan, the Packers defense, like, what are you doing? How many times are you, all four of you guys, going to run by Tommy DeVito and let him run up the middle? Like, the only thing he wanted to do, he didn't even want to throw some of them. All he was doing was looking to run, and they were like, hey, here you go. We just want you to continue, you know, uh, the chicken parm thing here in New York. 
So the Packers really blew a big opportunity. The Packers, in my belief, are better than the Bucks through and through. The Bucks are scary and they're dangerous and they're fearless because of Baker and what they do, and their defense is still pretty aggressive. But I'm going to go with the team that I think's better on both sides of the ball, really. I don't totally trust the Bucks' offense. You know, I really don't. I know Baker can be dangerous with that connection to Mike Evans, but I think the Packers get back right here. I think Jordan Love gets back right, and ultimately the, the more important thing is I don't think the Bucks' defense is very good. You saw Desmond Ritter tear it up in the passing game last week. I think the Packers will tear it up this week. I'm going 27-21 Packers. I've got Packers 24-20, and I've refreshed my memory on that Christmas Day game from 2021. The Packers beat the Browns by two points, 24-22, and Mayfield had four interceptions right. in that game. So right. he goes back to Lambeau Field, yeah. and he tries to get a better outcome, both for himself and for his team. But I, I think the Packers, especially after losing on Monday night, they're still in it. They can't afford to lose this one. And, yes, the Bucks control their playoff destiny or whatever the right term is. You control your destiny, not your fate. But they'll still be alive in the NFC South after this week. This is going to be a tough one for them. I think the Packers win it, as do you. Jets and the Dolphins, the rematch after the Black Friday game, when it was interesting after the Tuatonga-Vailoa pick six, and then it wasn't interesting after the <laughs> Javon Holland. The Hell Mary. Fail Mary the other yeah. way. The Oh Hell Mary. Uh, this time around, though, Zach Wilson playing quarterback. Dolphins are still eight-and-a-half-point favorites with an over-under of only 37. Who do you like? Yeah, well, I, I do think some defenses have – you know, shown a little bit of a blueprint of things to do and slow down the Miami offense, right? We've seen when games get ugly, and if the Jets can make it ugly, it certainly will be in their favor where, hey, when the games are 17-13, that, that's not what the Dolphins want to do. They don't want to fight in a phone booth. They, they want it to be a, a track meet, as we know. Right, So that, that's the interesting part here. And I do think the Jets could stymie this Dolphins offense a little bit, certainly, and especially if Tyree Kill doesn't play, which, of course, everybody, if you're going to bet on this game, pay attention to that because we know, I mean, if he's on the field, they look awesome. If he's not on the field, they just look good. That's all there is to it. Sorry. That's why he's the MVP of football. I still don't, I'm not going to buy the Jets offense yet. I'm not. I'm not. I just, I'm not. And I think the Miami defense is still good. Miami got caught in, hey, we're protecting a lead at the end of the football game. Don't let up the big play and just let Tennessee march the ball down the field. And I'm sure they'll reevaluate that. I'm going to go with the Dolphins at home 24 to 13. I got 24 17, and that's a significant difference between the two of us because I've got the Jets covering, you've got the Dolphins covering. I think Tyreek Hill will be in uniform, and we'll see him on the field, but I think he'll be a decoy. That's yeah, just my maybe. guess. I don't know that. But based upon the way that they used him on Monday, I think Mike McDaniel will not be able to convince him to take the day off. And it's, it's one of those things where Tyreek's going to have to be in uniform out there on the field and realize he can't do it, just like he realized in the second half on Monday night he can't do it the way he wants to do it. So I think we'll see him, and I think we'll find out fairly early they're not going to be going to him. They're just using him. You know, if it just works for one drive. If, if they devote extra resources to Tyreek Hill or if he can just hold it together for one play and slip behind the defense and that's his contribution, so be it. But I think the Jets – look, we saw – that was a close game until the, that, that weird play at the end of the half. Zach Wilson's feeling confident. Yep. Dolphins are shaky after losing I hear on, on Monday night. And even all the weirdness at the end, despite that, it was hardly a, an, an easy night. It's not like they systematically built this 14-point lead. 
the 14-point lead came out of nowhere. They had a fight with the Titans until a couple of lucky breaks. So I think that they win, but I think the Jets cover should be an interesting game. And if the Dolphins lose, it makes it very interesting atop the AFC East. All right, Chiefs at the Patriots. Chiefs are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Chiefs are kind of falling apart. Patriots beat the Steelers last Thursday night. It's Belichick. It's Reed. The over-under is 37. I have been seriously considering picking the upset here, Patriots to win. I wisely picked against the Chiefs for the first time this year last week, and we both were right. The Bills won. Are we picking the Chiefs or their opponents this week? Rick? Well, you tell me there, Chiefs expert. Who do you think's going to happen here? You've been talking a big game on PFT today, talking you might go with the Patriots. Let's see it. Put your money where your mouth is. When, when in doubt, I split the baby. When in doubt, I pick the favorite to win but not cover. That, that's the, the message that I think I'm interpreting from my, my instincts on this. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Patriots are going to have a chance, but the Chiefs are going to find a way to win it. I've got 24-20 Chiefs. I really did seriously consider taking the upset and taking the Patriots to win, and I won't be surprised if they do win. Thus, I've picked a score that allows them to cover the spread. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going Chiefs 21-16, but yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm not going to get behind the Chiefs offense and their attack right now and the way the Patriots are playing on defense. I think they can give that group all they want and more as far as trying to handle Mahomes and company. So, you know, I I don't expect Kansas City to move the ball consistently up and down the field on on the Patriots and you know, I with aggressive and 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 I still don't trust New England's offense. You know that, but you know, the Chiefs are so aggressive. I feel like Billy O and, and Belichick will have a few plays to kind of screw over their aggressiveness. I gave them 16 points. It might be a little high, but that's why I did it. Uh, so 21-16 Patriots, I do think they hang around and make it interesting. Well, and I keep thinking back to something you said a couple of years ago, and I pay attention to that now. Don't let one loss become two. And I feel like the Chiefs – are in danger of letting one loss become two, or in this case, two losses become three because yeah. they lost to the Packers the Sunday night before. They've been, and yes, they got over it, but I can't, I can't help but wonder, Yeah, even though they're saying all the right things, how much is this eating at them that they had that game won? How much is it eating at them that they had the Packers game won? At what point do you just realize it ain't our year? And does that become a factor in your ability to beat a team that you should beat handily? We'll see. But that's why I'm concerned they could lose, and that's why I'm picking them to not cover the spread. All right, Giants at the Saints. New Orleans, five-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under of 39. Does the Tommy DeVito mania travel well to the Bayou? I, I, I don't expect it to, right? I think the Giants will fight. You know I have a lot of respect for that Giants defense and what they do here. It sounds like Rashid Shahid is going to be back. The Giants, with as aggressive as they are, and everything here, I do think this is a game where, you know, the New Orleans Saints will be almost forced to throw the ball down the field, which I think is a good thing. Uh, so th they need to open up their offense that way. So I expect them to make a few more pass plays uh, than normal as far as explosive pass plays, I should say. Now, the Giants and DeVito, there's been some positives, certainly. But, you know, like you heard me say a minute ago, to me, if the Saints just don't let Tommy DeVito run – they're going to be able to contain the Giants' offense and the passing game and all of that, 
right? To me, that's all the game will be about. If the Saints can contain DeVito scrambles and just contain Saquon Barkley running the football a little bit, which I think they should be able to do. The Giants aren't exactly opening up holes on a regular basis in the run game there. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints in this one, 24-14. Yeah, I've got the Saints 24-13. Again, we spend way too much time together. Um, the Saints are, are still very much alive to win the division. The Giants are playing hard. They're making it fun. They're making it interesting. They're making it exciting. But I, I just think that yeah, and the short week thing, too, traveling after a short week, a game that went down to the wire, I think it's a little too much, and I think that this is where it ends for Tommy DeVito and company, although I hope they'll continue to make the games fun. All right, the last game in the 1 o'clock window, the Titans hosting the Texans with an extra little twist of the knife because the Titans are going to be wearing the Oilers uniforms against the team from Houston I don't know that that makes a difference, but regardless, the Titans are favored by three. Who do you like, Chris? Well, I, I, I think, you know, I'm concerned about the Texans and injuries. I think that's the biggest thing. I am. You know, the receiver, this receiver position, we know Tank Dell out for the year. Nico Collins, you know, his status is definitely murky, as we sit here right now, right, with a calf injury. You know, they're a little less than on that side of the ball defensively will Anderson in a walking boot right I worry about that there's a few others that I'll read off here in a second and get to it but that's what I'm worried about more than anything for Houston let alone I think this is a Titans team that's kind of feeling itself right now you know like I said you know two weeks ago they could have pulled off the game against the Colts got a you know a little unfortunate Colts made some big plays last week played really damn good I think that they match up well with Houston. I don't think Houston's play action and run game formula is going to beat the Tennessee Titans, let alone I think Will Levis and company there. Yeah, they got a little mojo going too with what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to take the Titans in a close one, 21-17. Yeah, I've got the Titans 20-16. to Again, man, four point, I mean, we, we, it's, we're one point on each side off from being exactly on the same page again. The Texans, you mentioned a couple of the guys who are injured. They've got 16 or 17 guys in all on the injury report. And C.J. Stroud has a concussion, did not practice. We don't know if he'll be cleared. Laramie Tunsil, knee injury, did not practice. You, you mentioned Nico Collins. He didn't practice. Noah Brown was limited in practice with a knee. They've just got a lot of issues they on do. the injury They're side. They've up. been dealing with them. But if they don't have Stroud, they got a problem. they yes. got a real problem. And the Titans are feeling pretty good about themselves. This is a way to finish strong and carry it into next year. Kind of rebuild, you know, get some reps and some experience for Will Levis so he'll be even better off next year. So I like the Titans to win that one as well. All right, we'll take a break. The late afternoon games for the 15th Sunday of 2023, including Dak Prescott and Josh Allen facing off in western New York. That's next here on Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFTP. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every single day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLive when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. You know, just before I started to do that, I thought, let's have some fun. I thought about doing the whole thing in an Italian accent to harken back to the conversations we've had this week about where it's appropriate and not appropriate to kind of have fun 
with the whole Italian thing. And I say that as a 98% plus, according to Ancestry.com Italian. I thought about it. I had the impulse. I didn't act on well, it. Well, maybe I'll do it. I have one more read of those left. I could do it. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, I'm from don't New do Jersey. I can right. do a little Tommy DeVito for you. Hey, okay. Forget about it. I might do it. Hey. Well, that's different. I'm talking about the full-blown, you yeah. know, it's a me, a Mario. Yeah, All I right. got you. Uh, got Sunday, you. L- late afternoon. The 49ers visiting the Cardinals. San Fran is favored by 12 and a half points, and that might not be enough. That's the biggest spread of the week. Chris has picked the 49ers to win every game this season. I doubt that he will pick against them now. 47 and a half over under. Chris, who do you have? I'm not sure I'll be picking against them all the way up until February 11th. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. Like I said the other day. This feels like it's the 80s and 90s again, where it's like you just feel like, man, we're last few weeks of the season. It just feels like one team is significantly better than the rest of football, and that's the 49ers this year. Uh, yeah, I'm not picking the Cardinals to win this one, right? I mean, I can maybe see the 49ers getting to a little slow start because they're like the Cardinals, but whatever. There's just too many weapons all across the the field on the 49ers offense, Shanahan's in a groove calling plays. Purdy is efficient and making plays with his big right arm. Everybody's healthy. The defense is flying around. Steve Wilkes has figured that out. 34-17, the Niners. 38-17, the Niners. Maybe another best bet. I just barely beat that spread last week for a best bet with the Niners over the Seahawks. And the only thing the Cardinals have going for them is, well, two things. One, they had an extra week to get ready for this. Two, Kyler Murray's back. And I got one more thing. Three, they, they do have the capacity to surprise you. And they surprised the Cowboys. The 49ers, if they're ever going to let their foot off the gas, it's going to be this weekend. So there is an opening there to at least cover the spread. But we both agree. 49ers win, 49ers cover. All right, Commanders at the Rams. Another team coming off the bye, the Commanders. The Rams are favored by six and a half. Highest over under the week of 50.5. Rams had that great game in Baltimore last week that resulted in overtime loss. They're still very much alive in the NFC playoff chase. Do they get to 7-7, seven and seven, Chris? Yes, I do believe they do. You know, one, it's a, a commander's offense that we know can, you know, make big plays and all that, but they're, they're stumbling a little right now. And, you know, I, I, I like this Rams defense and what they do, right? And, and this is a Rams defense that, unlike last week, you know, they had to worry about Baltimore, the run game, the quarterback design run game. So that, that exposed them a little downfield in the past game. You know, this is not going to be the case here this week. Washington doesn't have much of a run game to speak of. Their whole line's not all that good, right? So I just think, yeah, they'll be able to play pass defense and rush the passer. And Sam Howell's good for a sack or two that he shouldn't take and probably a turnover or two that he shouldn't make. Uh, so I look at that, and then, you know, Washington defense, certainly nothing special, and it feels like Stafford and Puka and Cooper Cup and the O-line and the run game. I mean, damn, they ran the ball in the Ravens last week. Uh, and that says something there. So, yeah, I'm going Rams 27-17. to 17. Yeah, I've got the Rams 31-21, another one where the margin we pick is exactly the same, 10 points. Rams win. Commanders overmatch. Commanders just playing out the string before they make inevitable changes, I think, top to bottom of that organization. This is arguably the game of the day. A Super Bowl rematch of two prior big games the Cowboys won. The Bills turning it around last week with that big win in Kansas City. The Cowboys trying to prove that they can beat a good team on the road. Bills are favored by only two, 50.5. 
tied with Commanders Rams as the highest over-under of the week. Chris, this is one that I wrestled with. This is one I went back and forth on. I do have my pick locked in. I can show you the proof of it on my phone. It's right here, and I'm not changing it. Who do you like? Well, I, I, first off, I can't believe that you know there's so many games here that are on the fence and we're on the same page. I mean, Bengals, Steelers, Broncos, Browns, Bears. I mean, I thought one of these we'd be fucking different with. But damn, here we are, and we're two fucking idiots picking the same teams all the way down the line here. All right, well... Let me look at this one here. I I am going with how about them Cowboys? That's right. I'm going with the team that I think's better. I am, and they're hot. And I don't look at this. I don't know. I have a different feel about this Cowboys football team. I feel like they're a little bit on a more of a mission than years past. There's a little bit more toughness in their mentality to not fall into a a trap maybe of puffing their chest out. Oh, we beat the Eagles. We're the man. Everybody in Dallas telling them how great they are. You know, I just look at their defense. I think it's too damn special. I, I think they have the kind of guys on the edge that can contain Josh Allen, and he won't be able to make as many magic plays as he usually does. You know I don't think the Bills receivers can separate all that well. I don't expect them to separate against this group. And then the Cowboys, the offense functioning at a high level, aggressive passing schemes, they can protect almost as good as anybody in football, not named the Philadelphia Eagles, who can protect all day long. I'm going to go with Dallas and Dak Prescott picking apart this zone defense and doing all that 27-24 on the road. I hadn't checked this before now. We're checking the weather? But the weather forecast for Sunday. It's time for your weather on the ones. Chance of precipitation, it begins just after noon, and as the day goes on, it gets Higher and higher, 40% around kickoff. It begins to spike after 6 o'clock. Snow or rain here? Down in crunch time. Just rain, just rain. Mm. The temperature will be mid-40s during the game, mid-40s during the game. And I find the score that you picked very interesting, 27 to 24. That was the score I used last week in picking the Bills to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I have assessed this. I have evaluated this. I have thought about this. The Cowboys, when they're at home, they have been spectacular. 15 straight wins, they're, they're proud, they're confident, they're on a roll and they're feeling good, but the Bills still have something, and that something is your boy Blue in Josh Allen. And yes, yes, and just so we see, look, same score, different team. Wow. Bills 27-24. That's my pick, and I think – and I, I tipped it earlier when we were doing the props, and we had the total pass yards for Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. I'm inclined to believe Josh Allen is more likely to hit his over because I think that it's going to be an easier day for him. I just think this is a day where the Bills get it together. They feel that opportunity to chase down the Miami Dolphins and win the division, and the Cowboys, spirit is willing, but the flesh is just a little bit too weak when you get them out of North Texas. So Bills – 2724 you have Cowboys 2724 it's going to make for a fun 3 hours or so as we're getting ready for football night in America and as we're actually doing the show as Chris is rubbing it in or I'm standing there silently until the game is over and then I'll rub it in all right let's take a break <laughs> the primetime games including Lamar Jackson versus Trevor Lawrence a couple of MVP candidates in theory we'll discuss that game next and the Monday night game as well when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this 
Hey, I mean, don't be stupid. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and, like, you can pocket 150 in bonus bets instantly. Sign me up to that, bro. Hey, plus all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Whoa, I got to get one of those. Download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTON when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Uh. That was good. That was very well done. That was very well done. It <laughs> sounded you. at times like Rocky Balboa. It was a you little. Know, yeah, yeah, the, I hear you. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but Henry Winkler got his whole Arthur Fonzarelli vibe from working with Sylvester Stallone on the Lords of Flatbush, where they were a couple of hoodlums and Rocky was doing, well, Sylvester Stallone was doing that whole Rocky thing. Right. Henry Winkler picked that up from him and turned huh. it into Fonzie. That's interesting. That. Yep. I did not know that. That's yep. a good little nugget by you right there. And last I read, doesn't like. Really, when you. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. I was going to say, Mahomes doesn't uh, – I saw Henry Winkler. He was kind of saying Mahomes owed him a, a dinner, and they hadn't done it yet. Mahomes got to gotta pay up. You got to do that. Henry Winkler is a big Chiefs fan, a big Mahomes fan. And really, when you look at the old pictures of the Fawns, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't ooze the persona that he was able to craft. It just shows what a great actor he was. And when I was a kid – go ahead and play the music – 1973-1974, the Fawns – was the coolest guy around. The Fonz was the biggest thing around. Happy Days, when it started, the world stopped spinning and everybody tuned in for Richie and Joni and Mrs. Cunningham and Mr. Cunningham and Potsy and Ralph Mouth and above all else, the guy who stole every scene he was in, Arthur Fonzarelli. All right, Ravens-Jaguars primetime this week. Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, so much for that ankle injury. Trevor Lawrence was fine last week. He'll presumably be fine on Sunday night. Ravens favored by three in Jacksonville. Jaguars have lost two in a row, 42.5 over-under. Who do you like? I'm a little surprised at the over-under there. You know, I, I just – I look at this and go, I, I feel like there's going to be a few more points on the board in this one. I do. You know, one – Hey, Jacksonville's defense, how, how, you know, how can they not scare you a little bit right now? Or how can you not be scared for them? Uh, the way, you know, the Browns and Joe Flacco moved the ball on them, the way that Jake Browning moved it on them the week before, right? And it, it, it feels like, I don't know, it could be a little scary with Baltimore coming into town. You know, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, we know Baltimore is always going to kind of somewhat have the run game threat a part of their, you know, arsenal. And then would I also, I mean, the pass game, we know that's, that continues to go on an upward trajectory, let alone like, you know, this is a, a Jaguars defense that does not get a lot of pressure on the quarterback with their front four. I think Lamar's going to have time to throw and let people's work, people work down the field. Jacksonville been undisciplined, making mistakes on that side of the ball. They scare me. Now their offense, I, they're they're dangerous too, and I know that they can make some plays in the pass game. And Trevor Lawrence is throwing the ball pretty damn good, you know. But the mistakes last week, even on the offensive side of the ball, that's what killed Jacksonville. You know, I just they're a little too sloppy for me to pick them right now. I can't do it. I'm going to take the Ravens to win this one on the road, thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I, you know what? I was about to agree with you, but but I this is one of those where. Last night, I went through, because usually I do it right before the show, but last night I had a little time, and I thought, I'm going to go ahead and just go with my first instinct. Yep. 
And I was sitting here as you were explaining, thinking I picked the Ravens to win. I did not pick the Ravens to win. Good. I picked the Jaguars to get off the schneid, the Jaguars to rebound against the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I just think that sometimes a win like the one the Ravens had on Sunday, it covers up a lot of crap. Yeah. And it maybe makes the players think they're better than they are. Right. They should have lost that game. They could have lost that game. Yeah. And and what we talked a couple of times in the past few days, and Devin McCourty was making the point on Sunday, that's the kind of game, and I think he was referring to that game, where Bill Belichick goes in the locker room and is not happy. You know, if right. you play like that, you're We're not going to lose next playoffs. week. Right. You can't play like that. Yeah. So when you consider that the Jaguars have lost two in a row and badly need to reestablish themselves and still have a shot at the one seed, I mean, look at what's going on right now. The Dolphins fading. The Chiefs fading. Opportunity still exists for the Jaguars to get the one seed. And this could be the thing that ultimately determines it. Beating the Ravens and picking up a game on them in the standings. So that's why I believe in the Jaguars in this one. 27-24. We rarely disagree on a Sunday night game. This week we do. Jags 27, Ravens 24. I surprised myself when I looked down at the score because I was I was certain I had picked the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, well... You know, good thing. I'm glad. Now you now we don't have to worry about everybody picking the Ravens on the on there. And I mean, I think ultimately we know why you pick Jacksonville. You're scared of Jackson Deville. He's put you in your place so many times you don't even know what to do anymore. He owns you. I mean, that motherfucker's got some claws and you don't want to mess with him. So I, I get it. I understand. Can we move on now, please? <laughs> Monday Night Football. Philadelphia Eagles at the Seahawks. This one was flexed into Monday night in place of Chiefs-Patriots. Eagles are favored by four. They desperately need a win after losing two in a row. Seahawks are the home team and desperately need a win after losing four in a row. Over-under is 48-and-a-half. Is it four in a row or three in a row? It is four in a row. Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers. This would be five straight losses. They had never lost four in a row under Pete Carroll. This would be five. Over under 48 and a half. Who do you like? Well, I, you know, it's, I'm going to go with Philadelphia just to get off that conversation here. But I'm not going to sit here and just go, oh, I think it's guaranteed or this is going to be some best bet category here. One, yeah, I mean, again, Seattle going to be desperate. It, it's, I mean, yeah, they're, they're in trouble here. They're at home. I do give them some credit there. Philadelphia, though, not playing great football. We know that. I do look at this game a little bit and go, I, I think Geno Smith, Drew Locke, whoever's playing quarterback, going to be able to make some throws and plays in the pass game and move the ball on this Eagles defense. Now, the big problem they're going to have is I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball and pass protection. The quarterbacks better be smart. You know, They can't hold the ball all day against this group. Not with that O-line. The, you know, the Seahawks O-line just ain't very good. But ultimately, too, I just don't trust the Seahawks defense either. And even though I don't think Philly's functioning at a very high level on that side of the ball, uh, I just think they have better players and they're still the Eagles. And I'm going to go 24-21 Philadelphia. Yeah, I have the Eagles 28-21. Now, the difference is you've picked the Seahawks to cover. Right. I picked the Eagles to beat the spread, the Eagles to get back on the right footing. And, you know, the other opportunity here for the Eagles, if the Cowboys should lose on Sunday – extra incentive to take control of the division and get that one game lead going into the final three weeks. All right, that's it for all the games. We're going to take a break. When we come back, best bets for week 15, plus Folsom Prison Blues. More PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned right after this. 
All right, we're back. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, PFTPM, Joint Picks podcast. We do it every Thursday. We disagree on two games straight up. I've got the Bills and Jaguars. Chris has the Cowboys and Ravens. Gosh. We disagree six times against the spread. It's time for the best bets. I picked up a one-game lead thanks to the Dolphins. It wasn't two games. Should be two games, Dolphins. Thanks for nothing. Way to go, Rabel. Way to go, game. Titans. All right, give me a best bet. Well, I'm going to go to the bird killers first, right? You know, they're in the midst of playing five birds in a row. They've killed three of those birds, right? They killed the Seahawks twice. They've killed an Eagle. Now they're going to try to kill a little red Cardinal this week. Mean fucking 49ers. I'm going with them. They don't like animals or birds. How dare they? I like them, but I still like them to win the football game. 34 to 17 Niners win, AKA the bird killers. As much as I would like to disagree with you on these best bets in order to pick up even more ground in the standings. The 49ers are one of my three teams. The 49ers, the spreads aren't big enough. The the odds makers have yet to realize how good the 49ers are or the wagerers out there are betting too much on the underdogs. I like the 49ers to win by more than 12 and a half, so we agree on that one. What's next? Well, I'm going to go to one of their buddies in the NFC West. I'm going to take the Rams. I, you know, at home, Rams at home. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you going to take the Rams too? Are you serious? Yes, I am. Gosh, damn. Yes. What the fuck? I mean, holy crap. I just, it's, it's actually <laughs> annoying. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I'm taking the Rams. I got them winning 27 to 17. I just don't trust Washington. They packed it in. See you later. All right. I agree with you. I've got the Rams. I'm going to do the last one so you don't think I'm just following you. I've got the Falcons giving three to the Panthers, as do you. Nope, I, I don't. I didn't do that one. I, you know, I just, I, I, I want to, to a degree. I'm just. You I'm, don't trust Desmond Ritter. Exactly. I'm done betting on teams that have an element of like I don't trust. So I'd rather go down with something I trust a little more, and I trust. How about them Cowboys? That's right, baby. Best bet. Here we go. I want me some glory hole. That's right. That's what I want. Here we go, Cowboys. Let's go, baby. Yep, I'm riding with the Cowboys. I think they're better. I think they're real this year. I think they continue the hot streak and momentum they got, and they bring it up to Buffalo and shove it right up the Grinch's ass. Let's go, Cowboys. Our competition this week for best bets all comes down to those two games, Panthers minus three and Cowboys plus two. All right, Folsom Prison Blues. And actually, as we were listening to the games this past weekend, I didn't mention it in the viewing room, but one of the games, Matt Casey pulled the audio up, and they were going to break with the guitar solo from Folsom Prison Blues. And I almost yelled that out to you, but since you and I would have been the only ones in the room and Pete who would have gotten it, I didn't. Right. But uh, so anyway, the song was being played. You're dead in the gutter because you got it wrong last week. You took the Dolphins. I'm dead. Who do you like this week to win no matter what? Straight up, one team to pick. As you're dying in a gutter, you got one game to pick straight up. Which one is it? Yep, dead in a gutter. Uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers. You know, I'm going to go with them killing that little red birdie, right? Like I said, isn't it amazing? They're playing yep. a bird team five weeks in a row. They got the Ravens the next week. I thought that was kind of funny when I saw that, but I'm going 49ers there. Well, I, I am as well. And somebody emailed this week. They'd like to see our Folsom Prison Blues record. I don't remember whether or not I've lost any this year. Maybe I've lost one. Yeah, I think I've lost, I have lost two one. or three times, I think. I think you've lost we once need to or start. twice. Pete, Pete, start uh, putting those together as well. The people have asked for it. The people have asked for it. We, we still don't trust Pete's accounting, but we have no other alternatives. As they say, bad help is hard to find. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's it. 
We actually have time to fill. We never have time to fill on the way out. Yeah. We got through it so fast. We should have talked more about whatever we were talking about. You know what I? You know what I want to say? We're done. I hope you get those two fucking games wrong. You suck. Let's go. Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) See ya.